0: Thank you guys, praise God, what a a wonderful day we've had already, just uh, in the Word of God, and get to hear more from the Spirit of God tonight, and knowing truth that makes us free. Look at all the folk that came out on a Sunday night, this is awesome, I'm proud of you guys, hallelujah, and good looking too, I think somebody said that earlier, good looking folk, I think we'll just build three tabernacles and dwell here, (laughs) Hallelujah. Who took naps? Let me see how many took naps today. How many nappers? Oh, quite a few nappers. You probably shouldn't raise your hand in front of a preacher that likes to preach long. He thinks, well, if they nap, they won't fall asleep. That's good. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I got my expector on. I'll tell you what. I've been, I know I grew up in church. I don't know how you grew up. I grew up in the First United Frozen Chosen Church. And, uh,. <laughs> never expected anything, never got anything. Uh, Then I went to a church like this one. They called it, they didn't even call it by name, they called it that church. (laughs) They warned me. They said, don't go to that church. Because they're those ones that swing from the chandeliers. (laughs) Roll on the floor. And speak in tongues. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad I went to that church because I was 22 years old and I had an incurable disease in my body and that church told me about Jesus, the healer, and I got healed of that disease. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm thankful to God that I went to that church. This is that which was spoken by the prophet, right? So I'm, I'm glad I'm in one of those that churches tonight. And, and today and all these 18 times that we've been coming, man, I I'm just so honored. I, started, I, I got my license to preach in 1980, started preaching in 1980, and then went to Rhema Bible, uh, Rhema Bible Training Center. It's called Rhema Bible College now, but Rhema Bible Training Center back in 1981, and uh, then started traveling with Brother Hagan, continued uh, to travel uh, some on my own when I could, but just uh, kept helping Brother Hagan and then incorporated our ministry, Larahat Ministries in 1984. And um, just have continued to travel all the time since then. And uh, I count it such an honor and a privilege to to be able to stand right up beside pastors and help perfect the saints. And that's what uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers do. We're supposed to be working together to perfect the saints so that you saints can do the work of the ministry. Build the body of Christ up, right? Praise God. So if you have your Bibles tonight, open them up to uh, Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians chapter 6, I want to discuss something with you today that, that um, God says you're supposed to be doing now. Everybody say now. now. I think if you get a hold of this, it's going to change the way you get out of bed every morning. I, uh, I get out of bed every morning. It's funny that Pastor Ter- had us go to Psalm 103. That's a verse of scripture that I use to give thanks to the Lord every morning. Because Hebrews 13, uh, 15 tells us to give God praise continually. And then He tells us what that praise is supposed to be continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. That's the highest form of praise. And it's it's just, it'll put you over. And so every morning usually before my feet hit the bed, I'm praising God and thanking Him for His benefits. Thanking God this is a day that He made I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I learned years ago every day when I get up that that doesn't change. That verse doesn't change. It says this is the day. It doesn't say yesterday was the day. <laughs> it doesn't say last week was the day. Every single day you get out of bed it says this is the day the Lord made. So what are we supposed to do every day when we get out of bed? Rejoice and be glad. Amen. Somebody said, yeah, but Brother Larry, all hell's broken loose. I said, okay, let's let all heaven break loose because all heaven's a whole lot more powerful than all hell. All hell's been defeated. Put underneath your feet. Amen. You have the blood, you have the word, you got the name. You could use any one of those. that's more powerful than the kingdom of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Glory to God. Amen. We got it. With, what's the old saying? Made in the shade. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hallelujah. We we have, we got a made with Jesus, man. All things that pertain to life and godliness have already been given to us, but it's through the knowledge of Jesus. You have to learn what he's done for you, what he's provided for you already. It's all about it done. That, somebody said, well, Brother Larry, I know you traveled Brother Hagan. Was he a grace preacher? I said, yeah, he sure was, big-time grace preacher. They said, well, I don't remember hearing him talk about grace. Well, I said, well, he didn't use the word grace that much, but everything he taught was about the finished works of Jesus, everything he taught was of the finished work of Jesus, which is what grace and faith is all about. By the way, you can't separate grace and faith. Some people say, well, I'm the grace camp, I'm the faith camp. Well, then both of you are missing it. <laughs> You've got to be part of the camp, and that's Jesus' camp. That's grace and faith. You receive grace by faith. Can I hear an Amen. So I'm thankful I get up every day, man, every single day of my life I get up. That's why I haven't had a down day in decades now, stress-filled day, strife-filled day, depressed day, discouraged day, get-my-feelings-hurt-filled day. I just don't have them, angry, fly-off-the-handle day. I just don't have those kind of days because every day is a day the Lord has made. I choose to rejoice and be glad. And I just tell them Lord I thank you You've already forgiven all my sin I got it better off than they did under the old covenant I said Lord I thank you for forgiving all my sin You've healed all my diseases You've already redeemed my life From destruction You continually crown me Love me, hug me, envelop me With your love, kindness and tender mercies And then you satisfy my mouth With good things out of your word So that my youth is renewed like the eagles Oh glory to God What a day this is going to be so if all hell breaks loose, just let some heaven break loose. That's right. That's right. Let some light break loose. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So we're gonna we're gonna discuss uh, something that I, I think um, if you get a hold of what God says to do now and live in the now. See, too many people live in their yesterdays, and it ends up destroying them. They live in their yesterday. Oh, look what happened, and and they just dwell in their yesterday. And then the, a lot of people live in their tomorrows. And they're worried about what's going to happen, how are we going to make it. Uh, Boy, all the things going in government and wars and all those things, I just don't know what to do. Well, the Bible tells us what to do today. And if you approach life today, tomorrow would take care of itself. So Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, did I tell you to turn there? Ephesians 6.10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Of course, you could take days and teach on this whole passage, but we're going to zero in on this one thing because the Lord gave me this message for, for you and for the body of Christ, for the things that are be, going to be uh, happening in the near future. Uh, uh, fortunately, I got to continue to travel when the Wuhan virus came out. You know what I mean, the Wuhan virus, some people, you know, the China virus, that's what actually it was called the China virus when it first came out, and then the WHO, the World Health Organization, they got pressure from China to change the name because China was getting a bad name because the virus came out of China, and so they put pressure on the WHO and said, you need to quit calling it the China virus and uh, start calling it COVID, and so that's how that name came about. Uh, But anyway, I've always called it the China virus or the Wuhan virus where it came out of and uh, when I started uh, traveling in 2020 with the virus and everything. I mean, I thought I owned the jets that I got on. I Mean I get on a a jet that sat 220 people and there'd be four of us three in coach and me in first class (laughs) The reason I was in first class is because I flew all the time so they upgraded me for free One time, I don't know if any of our partners were watching back then, one time we had a party. I got on the plane and I I FaceTime videoed uh, all of the four of us on the plane, the other three in coach. they're all shouting, glory, hallelujah, and I'm I'm videoing the whole thing. But I continued to travel. I told people, I said, you know, people aren't using their brains. People have gotten into fear. And unfortunately, the body of Christ, a large portion of the body got into fear. We're not in faith at all during this time. But I told people, I said, listen, if there was any time that was safer, in fact, there was no time ever because I've been traveling all my life, but uh, there was no time safer to go travel and take a vacation than during the Wuhan virus because the planes were cleaner than they'd ever been in my life. The airports were cleaner than they'd ever been in my life. And listen to this. Less sick people were traveling than ever in my life. I told people, take a vacation. Now's the time to go. (laughs) Especially if you're afraid of catching something, you won't. (laughs) And so people said, well, Brother Larry, did you continue to travel? Of course I continued to travel. First thing I did is I got in the Gospels which is what everybody should do anytime you're facing any test, trial, hardship, or problem. You should get in the Word of God and find out, okay, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? So I went through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to see what did he do when, when uh, very, very contagious diseases came into his midst. Did he social distance? Did he wear a mask? What, did, what Jesus, what did you do? And I saw, you know what I saw him do? I saw him touch people. Oh, my goodness. So you know what I did to people that had... The Wuhan virus, I touched them. Somebody said, well, weren't you afraid of that? I said, afraid of that getting on me? No, it's, what I have is going to get on them. I'm not afraid of that getting on me. Come on. Come on, what we, what we believe and sing about and praise God about all the time, do we really? A lot of people acted like they didn't because there was such fear. So it's time we step up, step up the, the, to the plate. And we act like what we say we are. We are believers. We're not just believers at church. We're believers through thick and thin. We don't care what happens in the world. And if they tell us we're not essential, we don't care, we're not stopping, that'll never happen again. And I've been hearing a lot of pastors say that. Thank God. Because there were too many pastors that shut down. But thank God a lot of pastors said, uh-uh, no, we're, we're staying open. We're essential. We're more essential than Walmart. <laughs> Amen. So God says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Paul says, be strong. Think about this. Paul is writing this letter from prison to encourage believers. He's the one in prison, and he's encouraging them to be strong. (laughs) Maybe it's because there's a lot of Christians that are in prison themselves. Maybe they're in prison to their thoughts. Maybe they're in prison to physical illnesses. Maybe they're in prison to financial hardships. Maybe they're in some other kind of prison. And Maybe Paul's trying to tell the Ephesians and us, this is written for us, let us know how to get out of our prison. So so Paul says finally, in fact this word finally, very interesting word in the Greek, finally it ties in what he's getting ready to say with what he's already said previously. In fact when you read Ephesians you know a lot of times we look at it from chapters and verses but it was just one letter from Paul to the church at Ephesus and in order for you really to get the most of what he says after he uses this word finally you really need to understand a synopsis or or something of what he said previously. So I thought okay Lord before I read uh, what he said here and get into this tonight I'm going to go back I'm going to write down some things so I can share with the folks tonight. I'm going to write down a quick synopsis of chapters 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 So that when when you hear what he says after finally It makes a whole lot more sense to you So here we go In chapter 1 Paul talks about our redemption Then he talks about our inheritance Then he talked about how the Holy Spirit has sealed us And guaranteed our eternity with Jesus then uh, he ends talking, in fact, a lot of people ask me how to pray for other people, other Christians, other family members, and I always tell them, well, go to the model prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 3. In Ephesians 1, for those of you, I see a couple of you taking notes, write down verses 15 through 23 of Ephesians 1 and pray that. Pray it over yourself, pray it over your spouse, pray it over other believers, family members. It's a great way to Pray. And then in chapter 2, Paul talks about how salvation is by grace through faith. Then Paul talks about how Jesus has now become our peace. And if we add Hebrews thirteen eight into that, he's always your peace. Amen. He was your peace yesterday. He's going to be your peace today, and he'll be your peace tomorrow. You'll never lose your peace unless you lose Jesus.
1: Amen. <laughs>
0: I've had people come up and and hear me talk about how to walk in the peace of God and joy of God 24-7, 365 for the rest of your life. And somebody will come up and say, Brother Larry, I lost my peace. And I said, you lost your peace. I said, does that mean you lost the Holy Ghost? Because when the Holy Ghost moved in you, when you accepted Jesus, he brought God's peace with him. He brought God's joy. Joy and peace are are feeling fruit. (laughs) I like that, man. They'll affect the way you feel. Amen. Amen. And so Jesus uh, is in you. He is your peace. Uh, It goes on in the second chapter. He talks about how he he abolished the hostility that the law produced and uh, has now made us one body in him. He goes on in chapter 2 and talks about how how we have access to the Father, that we are citizens and members of the household of God. Then he gets to chapter 3 and talks about how God used the apostles and prophets to speak by revelation to make known the mysteries and manifold wisdom of God. Then he talks about how we now have access to Jesus. I love this, that we can come to Jesus uh, with boldness and confidence no matter what's going on. And then at the end of the chapter he gives us another model prayer. For those of you taking note, write down verses 14 through 19 of Ephesians 3. It's another model prayer that you ought to be praying over yourself and others. Then in chapter 4 he talks about how we're to walk in humility and Modesty, gentleness, patience, endurance, steadfastness, and perseverance. Then he talks about how we're all one body with one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God who's the Father of us all. Then he talks about how after Jesus ascended, that he released God's grace and gave us five ministry gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he tells us those gifts are given to equip believers so they can work in the ministry and help the body of Christ grow up. Then he talks about how we as believers are supposed to be adults in Jesus, not children, and not follow after false doctrines. And and by acting like grown-ups, he goes on and talks about each one of us will do our part, the body of Christ, and keep it joined together by the love of God. Then he talks about how we're supposed to stop acting like sinners. Imagine, have to tell believers that. (laughs) He says, stop acting like sinners and start acting like the new man that you really are, righteous and holy. Then he talks about how not to give place to the devil. Then he talks about at the end how, this is another one, I, I, it doesn't seem like he'd have to tell believers this, be kind to one another. <laughs> Tender hearted. Forgiving each other the same way Jesus forgave you. Wow, that's chapter 4. And then chapter 5, he starts out by telling you to imitate Live your life imitating your Father God and stop imitating the unsaved. Don't be partakers of their lifestyles, he said. Then he says that now you're a child of light. You have no business engaging in the unfruitful works of darkness. Then he talks about how to use your time wisely and instead of getting drunk on alcohol, he tells you how to stay filled with the Holy Ghost by speaking and singing the Word of God and giving thanks to God continually. And then he talks to husbands and wives about how to love each other, respect each other, and submit to each other in the love of God. And then in chapter 6, he tells those of us who have parents to honor our parents, to listen to them and give heed to godly instructions and honor them. Doing so will cause things to go well with you and extend your life in health and prosperity. Interesting, he never said honor your parents if they're honorable. He never said, honor your parents if they raised you right. Honor your parents if they're good. He didn't say that. He said, honor your parents so it'll go well with you. Has more to do with you than them. Amen. And then he talks to those of us you might be working for someone, have a boss, have a supervisor, someone that you uh, are under, and he tells you to work for them as though you are working for Jesus. And if you do that, Jesus will make sure you are rewarded openly tells you that. And then that brings you to verse 10 when he says finally. And he says, Fine. actually the word finally is an adverb. I'll give you an English lesson here real quick. An adverb is a modifier. A modifier, it modifies a verb, it modifies an adjective, a preposition, a, a sentence. For example, you could, you could say, he ran. The word ran is a verb but you could use an adverb to modify that and you could say, well he ran quickly. That tells you how he ran. Or you can add verb, uh, use an adverb and you could tell um, when he ran. You could say he ran yesterday. Or you can yet use an adverb and tell you where he ran. He ran there. Or you could use an adverb and tell how often he ran. He ran every day Or how? He ran quickly. I mean, you could just use all kinds of adverbs. And so Paul starts with an adverb here when he uses the word finally. It's actually an adverbial phrase because he says, finally be strong in the Lord. So he's adding this modifier to all the things he previously said leading up to this point. In other words, so that you'll know the what, when, where, why, and how to do all the things that he already said. In other words, you're going to have to be strong in the Lord to walk in your redemption. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to receive your inheritance. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to pray for others. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to allow Jesus to be your peace at all times. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to still come to Jesus with boldness and confidence even when you've screwed up. Come on. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to not follow after religious fads. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to act like the righteous and holy person that you are. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to not give place to the devil. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to only allow good things to come out of your mouth. We didn't even go there this morning, but that sure fits. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, and forgive each other the way Jesus has forgiven you. Are you understanding what I mean by a modifier? So the first thing Paul says here is be strong in Jesus and the power of his might be strong in Jesus listen he wouldn't have to tell us be strong in Jesus if we were always strong he wouldn't have to say that he'd say just say hey keep acting like you've been but he didn't say that so there's going to be times that we're not going to feel strong we're going to have feelings of weakness feelings of lack of ability inadequacy frustration frustration and hopelessness and what does God tell us to do actually he tells us one word Somebody said, well, Brother Larry, it says be strong. That's two words. Actually, be strong in the Greek language is just one word. Let me give you the four definitions out of uh, the Greek that this word means here, be strong. It means empowered. Everybody say empowered. It means enabled. Say enabled. It says increase in strength. Say that. And say be strong. But it doesn't stop there. The key is in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. You are empowered, you are enabled, you are strengthened, and you can be strong because you are in the Lord. That's why you can be strong. Remember over in Daniel eleven thirty-two, 32, where God said, the people that do know their God will be strong and do exploits. They'll be strong. Actually, the word exploits is not in the uh, original manuscript, so it's italicized in King James. So it actually says, the people that do know their God will be strong and do. And if you look up the Hebrew for do, it means to advance or to accomplish. To advance or accomplish. So if you're going to be strong in the Lord because you know you're God then you're going to do. You're going to advance the kingdom of God and you're going to accomplish things for the kingdom of God. You're not going to back down. You're not going to quit. But you're going to have to be strong in the Lord in order to do that. Isaiah 35:4. he tells those of us that are of a fearful heart, be strong and do not fear. In fact, I'm going to have you turn over there. Go to Isaiah 35, Isaiah 35, 4, and let's look at it. I'll read it from the New King James here. Uh, Isaiah 4, It says, it says, Say to those who are fearful hearted, Be strong. Isn't that what we're seeing in Ephesians? Be strong. Do not fear. Behold your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God he will come and save you. Be strong and do not fear. I did a whole series on my television uh, my daily television program about fear and not living in worry or stress or those forms of fear or, or phobias that have so many people bound. I said, uh, you know, the, the Bible talks about fear like over 800 times. Now, most of the time it's referring to things that really don't apply to us, things that it said the enemy was afraid like the Amalekites were afraid of the children of Israel, things like that. But there were 167 times I went through every single word that, that the Bible talks about fear. I did it actually two different studies, two different times, spent hundreds of hours doing it. And I went through every single word that was associated with fear. Fear, afraid, terrified, those kinds of words. Everything associated with fear. But 167 times. Now, I will take this side journey because I thought it was a little humorous. You know you can't believe everything on Facebook. You do know that, right? Right. <laughs> So I saw this well-known preacher and he's a great brother He he was just quoting what somebody else has said and he he just I guess he assumed it was true He said did you know there's a fear not 365 times in the Bible? And it sounds great sounds awesome (laughs) It's not true, but it sounds good (laughs) There's 167 times that the Bible directly says fear not do not be afraid do not be dismayed Do not be terrified? 167 times we don't need 350 actually all you need is two or three mouth of two or three witnesses That's all you need to establish Bible believing Word of God doctrine That's all you need But God didn't give us 10 fear knots. he didn't give us 30 he didn't give us 50 or 100 167 times God said don't be afraid That means we do not have to live in fear I was driving through the panhandle of Texas praying and the Holy Ghost going, heading to a church that I was going to be preaching at for a few days. And all of a sudden I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this to me. He said, if you won't allow fear in any area of your life, no curse can operate in any area of your life. Boy, from that day to this, which is a couple of decades ago, I've been on a rampage against fear. I refuse to worry I refuse to stress about anything. I refuse to have any form of fear in my life. I will not. Fear is not part of God's kingdom. We're not talking about the fear of God. We're talking about fear out of the, fear, out of the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Amen. That we don't have to be worried about things and stressed out about things and panic attacks and all those things. We don't. We don't have to be afraid of any sickness or disease. Amen. So he says... Be strong and do not fear. Kind of reminds me of over in 2 Chronicles 32:7. Be strong and courageous when facing your enemies because there's more with us than there are with them. Same over in Joshua 1:9. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord is with you everywhere you go. We don't have to be afraid. We can be strong and courageous. Why? Because you are in Christ. You're dead. You're crucified. Galatians 2.20, you're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, you live, yet not you, but Christ lives in you. And the life you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God. Not even your faith. You live by the faith of the Son of God that died and gave himself for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I can Live by God's faith and and I can do it in Christ because I'm dead in Christ If you would just go get a revelation of go to go to any corpse of a dead person They do not get afraid of anything (laughs) Don't get stressed out don't get worried Don't get their feelings hurt (laughs) Come on You are in Christ if any man be in Christ he's a new creation you're a new creature and if you're going to be strong in the Lord, then you have to know who you are in Christ. So, so what I'm going to do real quick, because we're not going to have time to turn to all these verses, I may turn to one or two at the end, but I'm going to quote some verses about who you are in Christ. Probably all verses that you know, some of, them, some of you may not, but they're verses of who you are in the Lord. And if you're going to be strong, you're going to have to do it in the Lord. You can't be strong in yourself and the power of your might. You're going to have to be strong in the Lord. So let me quote some verses. For those of you taking notes, you can just write down the reference. I'm just going to tell you what they say real quick. Romans 3.24 says, because you're in Christ, you are redeemed and made right with God because of his free, unearned, undeserved grace. Romans 8.1 says, because you're in Christ, you can now live a life free from condemnation. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, there is not, love this one, there is nothing you can do and there is nothing anybody else can do that can stop God from loving you. That's good, isn't it? 1 Corinthians 1, says, because you're in Christ, you have, not you're going to have, you already have all of God's wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You have it now. Glory to God. Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, because you're in Christ, he always causes you to triumph. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, because you're in Christ, God is not keeping any record of your sins, failures, or mistakes. Whoo, glory to God. That is something to shout about right there. Glory to God. Galatians 3.26, because you're in Christ, God has made you part of his immediate family. God doesn't have uncles or cousins. He's got sons and daughters. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 3 says, because you're in Christ, God has already given you every blessing that is available in heaven. You have every blessing of heaven now. You don't have to pray the blessings down. You don't have to wait for the blessings to come. You are already blessed with every blessing of heaven. Ephesians 2, 6 says, because you're in Christ, God has given you a seat in heaven Think about that you are seated here tonight and you're also seated with Jesus in heaven That's pretty cool God says in Ephesians 2 10 um, That because you're in Christ God has handcrafted you And assigned things for you to do in this life and watch this And given you the ability and empowerment to do them Wow Ephesians, or Philippians 2, 5 says, because you're in Christ, you have the mind of Christ and can operate in his mental state. Whew, let's, let's go look at one of these. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2 with me. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And let's look at verse 1, 2 Timothy 2, 1. We're talking about being strong. So he says this in 2 Timothy 2, 1. You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Hmm, because you're in Christ Jesus, this says you can partake of his grace to be strong. Hmm, so be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus came in grace and truth, didn't he? And so we have to receive in the beginning by grace, through faith, and then you have to keep living that way. Ephesians 2.8, by grace you're saved through faith. By grace you're healed through faith. By grace you're delivered through faith. Even the faith is not of yourself. The grace is not of yourself. The salvation is not of yourself. It's all from God. (laughs) Amen. And then Colossians 2.6 says the way we received Christ Jesus is the way we walk it out day to day. Well, how did you receive him? By grace through faith. So how do you walk it out in, in your marriage and in your physical health and in your finances and in your emotions? How do you walk it out? Same way I started I live by faith, I walk by faith, so the way I started by grace through faith is the way I walk it out every day. I guess this is one of the major things I've had people ask me in recent, even recent times in interviews and stuff, ask me, so Brother Larry, what is it, if there's one thing or something that just puts you over, you're you're just, you always walk in victory, you just, and I'm not bragging on me, man, I'm bragging on the Word of God, I'm just a little country bumpkin from Odessa, Florida, man. I just, I just do what God says and believe what he says, and it works. <laughs> Amazing how smart he is. <laughs> but they asked, so so, Brother Larry, you know, you've been doing this for 40 some years and, and living in victory and just always up and never down and always, and when you get attacked with sickness, it can't stay and just one thing after another, just always walk in victory. And I, I said, I guess... Maybe if I was going to try and pinpoint this one thing, of course, it's not one thing. It's not everything we've been talking about. But, but if I was going to pinpoint the one thing, I, I, I said this. I said, you know what? When I enter into a, a hardship of life, a, a, a persecution, a test, a trial, um, you know, a tribulation like John 16, 33 in the world, you'll have tribulation. That's pressure and persecution and hardships and all the afflictions that come against you. I said, when I enter things... I always do it with the mindset that my Father God has. I look at the end from the beginning. And so I see, well, in Christ, I already won. So before I even get into the middle of the battle, I already know the outcome. (laughs) I've already won. And so it keeps me focused on Jesus who is the author and the finisher. But if he's the author and the finisher what is he in between? He's the one that keeps you going and winning by faith and walking by faith not by sight through the whole time. And so then he is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He, he, he restores my soul. He takes me out in green pastures. I'm telling you what, I, I love the, hundred, or the 23rd Psalm. Now, you know what? I've hardly ever pre- heard it preached accurately. Most of the time in my life, all growing up, even in faith churches and grace churches, I've heard people use the 23rd Psalm to preach about problems oh you know you're going through a tough time you're going through the valley you just got to hold on because remember he's your shepherd and, and he's got a rod staff to remember goodness and mercy are following you see so you just got to hang on no 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 read the 23rd psalm sometime in the light of it is not a downer it is letting you know whether you're on the mountain or down in the valley you can party with Jesus he said go right through the, it says we walk through not we camp in Not we're defeated in. We walk through the valley. How do we walk? By faith and not by sight. So we walk through the valley with our eyes on Jesus. He leads us beside still waters. Restores our soul. Provides for us green pastures. He even sets a table up while we're facing our enemies. He said sit down and have a seven course meal from the chef of heaven. And there I am partaking of all this good stuff with Jesus while the enemy's attacking. (laughs) I don't give a rip what the enemy's doing. I'm walking through the valley partying with Jesus. And God's protecting me, and God's showing me the way, and I'm having fun. I'm enjoying the scenery. Of God, look at all this beauty in this valley. This is so beautiful and so pretty. These rivers. Y'all know what I'm talking about in Colorado. You got them out here. They don't know much in Oklahoma where I'm from. But, but y'all know, man, and goodness and mercy are jumping on my back every single place I go and everything I do. It is a victory psalm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I hope I'm helping you. I'm preaching me happy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So he says, uh, so be strong in the grace that is... Now let's jump over to 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We'll get back to Ephesians. Be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. But let's look at a few more things first. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Where it says in the New King James, it says four things to do. It says watch stand fast in the faith, be brave, and there's those words, be strong. So again, this is something that God has called us to do now. Everybody say now. Now. So if you're wondering what you're supposed to do this week and this year and, and the coming years and when all hell breaks loose, what are you supposed to do? Well, he's commissioned you to do four things right here. He says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. So let's talk about those four things real quick. The word watch in the Greek means to stay awake, to be watchful, to be vigilant, to give strict attention to, and the Greek says be cautious. Think about those definitions. Stay awake, be watchful, be vigilant, Give strict attention to and be cautious. Just the mere mention of those things lets us know that Satan is trying to steal the word of God, steal our peace, steal our joy, steal our health. There's things he's trying to do, and he'll work through people to do it to bring us down. But he says, pay attention, stay awake. Kind of reminds me of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about roaring like a lion seeking whom he may devour. It says be sober, be vigilant. That means pay attention, be on your guard. Yeah. Same thing we're looking at here. Why? Because the devil wants to Put a snare and a trap for you and and, uh, trickery out there to try and lead you astray, but you don't have to allow him to. You can be vigilant, stay on your guard, and not fall for his snares, traps, or trickery. So, 1 Corinthians tells us to watch. That means stay awake, be watchful, be vigilant, uh, give strict attention, and be cautious. The second thing it says, stand fast in the faith. The Greek state, stand fast in the faith, The, the Greek says to stay stationary to be persistent and to persevere. Stay stationary, be persistent, and persevere. So it's talking about staying stationary in your faith. Don't be, be moved by things. Be persistent in what Jesus has made you and given you. And then persevere when things don't go your way. He wouldn't have to tell us to persevere if everything went our way all the time. Come on. He says persevere. In other words, don't be moved by what you see, hear, and feel. You can change what you see, hear, and feel by uh, releasing your faith in Jesus. So it says, stand fast. We're told to stand fast in the Lord. In fact, we're told this, that same thing in Galatians 5:1, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And then it goes on in the next few verses. tells you don't get entangled trying to keep a bunch of laws from the Old Testament to gain God's approval. Jesus has already gained God's approval for you. God's approval is not based on your performance. It's not based on what you do or don't do. It's totally based on what Jesus has already done for you. That's good news. So 1 Corinthians says, watch, or in other words, stay alert. And then he tells us to be persistent. Use your faith to persevere. Don't be moved by the information obtained by your physical senses. Watch. Stand fast in the faith. And the third thing it says is be brave. King James Version says, quit ye like men. Say what? (laughs) What did he say, Vern? Quit ye like men. What's that mean? Well, in our society today, you may hear somebody say, man up. Be a man. In other words, quit acting like a wimp. Quit acting like a coward. Quit acting like a defeated pup. Or for those of you that have watched The Wizard of Oz, quit acting like the lion on The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Guess that'll date you, huh? But the lion, he didn't have any courage. He was a coward until the wizard gave him courage. But you have someone much more powerful than a fake wizard. He's given you himself, glory to God. So you can be strong because of that. First Samuel 4, 9 in the King James says, Be strong and quit yourselves like men. So it's just saying be strong and be courageous. Don't be moved by what's going on or what it looks like or feels like. So I, when I started seeing, okay, be strong, I started seeing a lot of scriptures that said, be strong and added, be courageous at the same time. In fact, I quoted 2 Chronicles 32 and Joshua 1, 9, but let's go back to those real quick. We never did turn there. Go to 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and verse number 7, and then we're going to jump over to Joshua 1:9. 9. 2 Chronicles 32:7, and again, I'm reading from the New King James, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that's with him, for there's more with us than there are with him. Wow. Now, when we read an Old Testament verse like this, a lot of times Christians have the tendency to, th- uh, to think, well, yeah, that's a good story. That's good for them. But you need to understand 1 Corinthians 10, says all of the stories that were written in the Old Covenant were written as examples for us to learn from. So in other words, when we read this, 2 Chronicles 32, 7, God says to them and to us, be strong and courageous when facing your enemies because there's more with us than there are with them. That kind of reminds me of 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 16 when when, uh, Elisha had to tell his servant there's more with us than there are with them. And that servant had a hard time believing that, didn't he? Because he looked at the, he, they're up in the, the high place of Dothan, the city of Dothan, and the whole city surrounded by enemies, chariots and, and horses. And uh, uh, Elisha has to say, God opened his eyes. His eyes were open, but now he's talking about his, his God eyes, his, his spirit eyes, his, his eternal eyes, the more real eyes that you'll be using to see with for eternity. So you might as well use, use them now and learn to look through them now. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so he said, open his eyes, and God opened his eyes, and he saw chariots of fire and horses and chariots, all these chariots of fire, and there were tens of thousands more than the ones that were surrounding them. There are more with us, so you can be strong and courageous. Why? Because God's got an army of his angels assigned to help you. Hallelujah. Turn over to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Joshua 1, 9. I'm telling you, the things that are coming, I, I, I really believe from what the Lord told me in my prayer time and, and through all my listening to the Lord uh, about what happened with this Wuhan virus and everything, uh, that was a test from a, a bunch of wicked people that are trying to get people to submit and just act like robots and you just do what we say and you just follow our. Lead And you do, if we tell you, you stay home, you stay home. If we tell you, you're going to be part of a 15-mile city, you're going to be part of that. Oh, they got all kinds of plans going down. They've been planning this for years. So there's some worse things coming down the road. But you and I do not need to be afraid of anyone or anything. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Amen. We don't have to be afraid of anything or anyone. Amen. Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I remember my father. I've had two mentors in my life. The late Curtis Bradford who is now in heaven. And the late Kenneth E. Hagin, who is now in heaven. And uh, both of them taught me not only how to live by faith, but how to die by faith. <laughs> my first mentor, the late Curtis Bradford from Florida, he—this uh, was—I uh, sat under him. He, he trained me. He's the one that uh, licensed me to be a minister and preach the gospel. And before I ever went to Bible school, and and I started preaching. I preached my first sermon at his church. And uh, when he decided to die in old age, he said. Uh, I think I'm just going to go lay down and yield up the ghost. And that's exactly what he did. And this guy, you talk about the epitome of health. In fact, he was one of my mentors. I followed that example. He was in the gym all the time, working out all the time, eating healthy all the time. I mean, he was the epitome of health. He had nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with him. And he just went, laid down, and yielded up the ghost. And then my second mentor, the late Kenneth E. Hagen, dad was dad was home the morning... Uh, that he decided to go to heaven, and he's sitting in his chair. I've been over at his house many times. I I can see him sitting there, and mom was in the kitchen, and she looked over at him and smiled. He smiled back at her, and then after he smiled, he took a big breath, and his head went down, and he yielded up the ghost. I talked to him the day before. I talked to him every Saturday before I flew out of Tulsa. He liked to know where I was going, who I was going to preach for, and what I was going to preach on. So I called him every Saturday from the Tulsa International Airport, and I'd talk to him before I'd get on the flight. And I talked to him the day before. You know what he told me the day before? Larry, I'm feeling the best I've felt in years. Man, he said that, I'm thinking, yay, Dad, way to go, man, because you've got a lot more to do. So when my wife calls me, I'm out in Phoenix, Arizona, preaching a four-day meeting. I just started. After Sunday morning, I get a phone call from my wife. She said, Dad, went to heaven. I said, no, he didn't. I just talked to him yesterday. (laughs) Then I got mad at him. Dad, I'm going to get you. (laughs) You weren't supposed to go. (laughs) Because he had talked to me personally, privately, several times. He had talked to Jimmy Hockaday. You guys know him. He had talked to both of us about some things he wanted to do down the, in, in the near future things that he felt like the Lord wanted him to do. So when I went, when I flew back home, I, I canceled the rest of my meeting. Things I flew back home, and when I got home, I walked in the hospital room. Pastor Ken and Lynette were there. Pastor Ken let me and Liz go in. They, they left the room so we could have time alone with, with uh, Dad's body. I, I, was, I was fully planning on raising Dad from the dead. Oh, yeah, I was not letting him go. I was mad that he went. I thought, I'm not letting him go. And I went in there, and when I got ready to raise him from the dead, I, the Lord said, he's not here, and he's not coming back. They had his body on life support, but he wasn't there, and I knew he wasn't there. The Spirit of God said, he's with me, and he's not coming back. Well, so much for me raising dead from the dead. <laughs> But my point was both of my mentors showed me you don't have to die sick. They showed me how to live by faith. They showed me how to die by faith. I thought that was cool. But anyway, what I was getting ready to show you about this particular verse, many different meetings that I was in with Dad Hagan, uh, Kenneth Hagan, um, he would use this verse and say, no, notice he said, um, be strong of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because God is with you everywhere we go. And if this is what he'd say. He said, if we can just get believers to believe this one verse, get believers to believe a verse. He said, just this one verse, you'll never have another depressed day the rest of your life, another discouraged day. How could you be depressed when God is with you everywhere you go? Amen. I was so thankful for him. Still am today, still live by his teachings today. Because I got a hold of some truths. Okay, God, you're with me everywhere, everywhere I go. How could I fear? God's with me. Amen. Psalm 118, verse 6 The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And man includes government or agency or anybody else. Be strong. And of good courage. For the Lord is with you everywhere you go. Yeah, Brother Larry, but I just don't feel like He's with me. That's why we went where God said, be persistent with your faith. Don't walk by sight, walk by faith. (laughs) Amen. Turn to Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Is anybody getting anything? All right, Deuteronomy 31, 6. We're going to see another place, then we'll go back to Ephesians. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. That's your enemies. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you or let you down, forsake you. Won't won't do it. He said, so we could go over and over and over, and there's more verses we're not going to take time to go. But over, I mean, look at how many we've already looked at where God said, be strong and be courageous. Don't fear. Don't get discouraged. So you're going to have to take this, Remind yourself, stir yourself up with it, hear it again, and when you have things happen next year and the next couple of years, take this and live by it. Because when you do, there will be an empowerment. Remember, every word of God that's spoken is full of the anointing, it's full of life, it's alive. I try and get this through to people everywhere I go. Qu- quit thinking that the word of God is ink and, and pages and leather, no, that, that just represents the Word. That represents Jesus. He is the Word. That's what makes this so real to me. I heard Liz, when she was doing a ladies' meeting recently, she, she was talking, and, and she mentioned to the ladies, she said, you know, my husband, she said, I, I'll hear him preach something. It may be the, after 40 years of hearing him, it may be the 30 or 40th time I've heard him preach this message. She said, when he's preaching it, it's like he's preaching it the very first time. It's so real, it's so alive to him. That's because I'm not preaching ink and pages and leather. I'm talking about the one who saved me, healed me, delivered me, and he's the savior of the world. He's done it for everybody. Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. I've got to go tell people everywhere I can, and on television and on social media and every avenue I can, I have to tell people this is real. It's not religion. This is about a living Savior, a living Redeemer. Man, thank you, Lord. That's what gets me so excited all the time and get, makes me jump out of bed every morning. This is a day the Lord hath made because he's real. Let's go back to Ephesians 6.10. Hallelujah. I've been getting away from my notes a lot tonight, so it's probably already too late. Later than it's supposed to be. Who knows? I haven't been watching. Hallelujah. Thank God for Holy Ghost services. Paul says, be strong. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The only way we're going to be strong is in the Lord. It's going to be in Christ. When you're in Christ, you have the power of his might. On the inside of you, I remember in Micah, remember the prophet Micah, uh, in Micah 3.8, he actually said, uh, I have uh, the power of God in me and the might of God in me. Micah, the prophet said that. I thought he didn't even have the greater one living in him. And he was saying, I'm full of power and I'm full of might, Micah 3.8. He said, I'm full of power and I'm full of might. I thought, well, how much more are you full of power and might? You've got the power and might of God on the inside of you. The very glory is inside of you. Hallelujah, thank you Lord so much You, you remember there in, um, in um, Judges chapter 6 verse 11 Where God, uh, God told Gideon You mighty man of valor Do you remember what Gideon was doing? He was hiding <laughs> Hiding from the Midianites compl- And he was complaining by the way while he, was, while he was hiding And God said you are a mighty man Study out the Hebrew A mighty man of courage and strength <laughs> Sure wasn't acting like it. But God calls those things that be not as though they already are. That's uh, Romans chapter 4, verse 17. My paraphrase of Romans 4, 17. God calls those things that don't appear to be real, but in truth, they are real because God said so. That's God calling those things that be not as though they are. God calls those things that don't appear to be real, but they are because God said so. Once God spoke it, it's real and it's the truth. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Pastor quoted this this morning. I want to show you something real quick. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty. So here's another reason you can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might because you're in Christ. Because the weapons of our warfare are not Carnal but mighty the word carnal if you look up the Greek word it means of human origin So your weapons are not human weapons <laughs> They're heaven's weapons the ones that have already been used to whip strip and defeat the devil for you and put him underneath your feet <laughs> So you have all of God's armor. I mean Romans thirteen twelve. put on the armor of light light dispels darkness uh, Ephesians 6.16 you have the armor of faith 2nd Corinthians 6.7 says you have the armor of righteousness Ephesians 6.17 says you have the armor of the sword of the spirit Which is the word of God Wow And the word of God at Hebrews 4.12 says it's alive It's powerful That's because his name is Jesus It's not just ink and pages Hallelujah Isn't it interesting I was thinking about this earlier today When I was in my hotel room preparing for tonight I thought, isn't it interesting that with all this might and all this power available to Christians, yet so many Christians are living defeated, woe is me type lifestyles. Why is that? Because even though God is in you, even though his power is in you, even though his might is in you, even though his strength is in you, you still have to be a doer of the word has it come down to that oh no a doer of what word brother well let's try this one be strong (laughs) you have to start acting like what God said is true and that it's true no matter how you feel no matter what it looks like no matter how you've been treated by others no matter what's going on in society or government you have to start acting like I am strong because God said be it so I be it Hallelujah. Joel, what, what did Joel chapter 3 verse 10, let the weak say something. Hmm, I wonder if life is in the power of the tongue. That sure would have gone along with this morning. Joel 3.10, let the weak say, what? Oh. I am, not I'm trying, I'll feel one of these days, I'll get there. No, I am. Just like you am righteous the moment you accept Jesus before you ever do a righteous act. You am already. You already are righteous just like you are the healed, just like you are financially rich. You are financially rich before you have a dime in your account. If you accept Jesus, it's all been done at the cross. This is probably what helped my wife and I become financially free years ago and pay off our mortgage at Larry Hutton Ministries and pay off our mortgage at our home and every debt. And we've been debt free for years and just keep gaining financially. Uh, More and more we got a hold of this truth that When Jesus bore our poverty, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus that though he was rich, yet for your sakes on the cross he became poor so that you'd become rich. Just like on the cross he became sin that you'd become righteous. I found out, well I became righteous before I ever did a righteous thing. You know what I found out? I became rich the moment I accept the grace of God, what Jesus did for me. And then when you accept that I already am rich... Not when it looks like it or feels like it. I already am righteous. Not when it looks like or feels like I'm acting righteous. No, I'm already righteous and I'm already rich. When I started acting like I was rich, riches had to come to me. They had to chase me down because that's what I am. And I call that I am righteous. I am healed. I am rich. I am full of peace and joy. I, I don't care what's going on. I know what Jesus made me. Glory to God. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Come on. In him, Acts 17, 24, in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our very existence. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let me close tonight with Hebrews chapter 13. Turn over there. Hebrews chapter 13. And I'm going to start in the middle of verse 5. Since this never was written in chapter and verse, I'm going to start in the middle of the verse. And um, uh, there's a purpose for this. I want you to see something that maybe you don't see when you just read Uh, The verses together But we're going to start in the middle of the verse 5 in hebrews chapter 13 We could call it 5b if you want to but hebrews 13 5 in the middle where it says god has said God has said And then he'll say i'll never leave you nor forsake you. So that's where we're going to start reading. Are you there? God has said hebrews 13 5 god has said I will never leave you or forsake you So that we may boldly say the lord is my helper. I'll not fear what man can do to me God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you so that you will boldly say, the Lord's my helper, I'll not fear what man shall do unto me. God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then there's two words you need to underline or circle or highlight so you get the fullness of this. So that, if you have the King James or translation that has those two words, circle them. So that, in other words, there was a purpose for God saying what he, what he said. And it wasn't to fill space so that the verse would, be, would not be blank. <laughs> he didn't say this, what he just said, I'll never leave you. So, so that verse 5, uh, you know, would have some stuff in it. <laughs> no. He said, God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So that. Here's the purpose of why God, why God said what he said. So that you would boldly, with confidence and assurance, boldly speak. Boy, does this go along with this morning, huh? God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake, so that you'll boldly say, the Lord's my helper, I'm not fear with man. God has said, so that you may boldly say, God has said, so that you may boldly say, so anything and everything that God has said, you're supposed to boldly say and it's the spirit of faith remember uh, 2 Corinthians 4:13 we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written i believe therefore have i spoken we believe and therefore speak you have to speak god's word boldly with confidence and assurance and when you do that grace flows grace has already been given but you got to get it released grace is god's part faith is our part you got to release faith and when you speak oh man your tongue Becomes the pen of a ready writer, and all of a sudden you're writing on the pages of your life for tomorrow and next week and next month, and you're speaking what God said, and you're doing it beco- boldly because you ha- you know it has nothing to do with you. So you have no con- like the Apostle Paul said, I have no confidence in the flesh. In fact, all of my accolades, Paul said, they were but dung. I know they introduced me as doctorate, but I don't give a rip about my doctorate. The only reason I didn't get my doctorate for the church, I got my doctorate for the world. It opens a lot of doors. So I'm being sly as a fox. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you'd be imagining how doors open when you say, This is Dr. Hutton. Oh, come on in, doctor. I gotta tell I gotta tell you something y'all are gonna laugh this I got I was at a hotel checking in And they said oh dr. Hutton and this lady was so nice and reverent toward me and everything She wasn't a Christian, but anyway She's treating me like I'm a medical doctor or something, you know, and she said so so what kind of doctor are you? And I said I, I couldn't resist I said I'm a brain doctor Yeah, I work on people's brains all the time she said wow and I left and never did tell her but yeah I'm always trying to get people to renew their minds and think God's thoughts and think like God thinks and start thinking that way and acting that way and talking that way because when you when you get your mind renewed and your heart filled out of the abundance of the heart the mouth is going to speak And you'll be speaking what God says and then you'll watch it come to pass because everything God said was so that you would put it in your mouth and boldly proclaim it. This is what God said. That's what Pastor was pointing out this morning in one of the first or second services when he was closing. He was talking about how Jesus used the word. When the devil used the word, what did Jesus do? Boldly spoke the word. It is written you got to boldly speak the word. Even when the devil tries to use the word against you, tell you, yeah, but you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You can just say, yeah, devil, but it's by grace, not by my performance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I receive it, Lord. I receive what you've done for me. So I'm going I'm to encourage my family here. I've been coming here long enough. You guys are family to me. When I come here, I feel like I'm home. I feel like I'm with people that love me and care about me and that would give their lives for me. That's the way you guys make me feel. So I feel like I'm with family, and I'm going to encourage my family. I don't care what happens in the next few months, in the next couple years, be strong. You be strong, and you be courageous. And boldly declare the word of God. And I know we sold out of the scripture the cards back there again, you bunch of word hogs. (laughs) <laughs> we we sold out of them again, so so you can go to our website larryhutton.org and 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 order them and they'll ship them out to you and uh, get them to you pretty quick. They usually ship out within usually within one to two days. They have everything shipped out. I have a, a warehouse in Tulsa, so they take care of all that for me. So um, if you need to order the cards, or if we've run out of anything else, then. You can, you can pick them up. Uh, that Limitless, we still have the Limitless mini book back there, uh, the one that we uh, have given out. But now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get every Christian, well, even mature Christians, to get one just so that it will relight your fire. Uh, Limitless life with Jesus. And then for those of you, I, I know that uh, some of you already have the internal affairs and the free from me. But if you don't, this is how to live Uh, Not have any more down days the rest of your life. No more stress-filled days. This is how to overcome depression I've had ministers sit in front in front of my desk in my office that were on medication for depression I've had others on medication for anger and And I I share what the Lord taught me years ago about how to never Let depression or stress or worry or hurt feelings or anything These don't let them don't give root just like you resist sin. You can resist negative emotions You can. You don't have to let them stay. You can control how you feel. You can control how you feel. Amen. Don't let the kingdom of darkness control how you feel. So that's what this this book and the CD series is all about. Again, if you want to download MP3, you can always do that as well. And then the last two things I'll mention is our peace scriptures. Does anybody get a hold of our peace scriptures? I love peace scriptures because it has to do with every area of your life. The word shalom talks about your finances, it talks about your physical health, it talks about your mental and emotional state. I mean, shalom is just complete soundness in every area, and so I quote for over an hour, peace scriptures, shalom scriptures from the Old and the New Testament, and it's just so awesome. In fact, do you guys have that queued up where we could give them a sample of that? You do? Yeah, go ahead and give them a sample of that, because there's some people here that haven't heard our scripture recordings. Praise God.
1: 5. Great peace have they which love your law and nothing shall offend them.
0: Nothing shall offend
1: them. The New Living Translation Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. The Message Bible For those who love what you reveal, everything fits. No stumbling around in the dark for them. (laughs) Contemporary English Version You give peace of mind to all who love your law. Nothing can make them fall. God's word, there is lasting peace for those who love your teachings. Nothing can make those people stumble. My paraphrase, those who love God's word will have abundant, abounding, exceeding, full, and lasting peace. They will be well Happy, healthy, prosperous, at rest, and safe. And nothing will ruin them, offend them, or cause them to fall.
0: You can cut it right there. That's taken out of the translation I'm working on, the paraphrased Bible I'm working on. And I do that through that, that as well. Um, but I also, I, I really recommend getting the Wisdom Scriptures if you don't have it. I know a few of you do. But the Wisdom Scriptures is all of Proverbs and wisdom will affect your finances, it'll affect your physical health. I mean, it just affects so many different areas. So I do the same thing with wisdom, wisdom scriptures, but there's four, over four hours. If you get the CDs, there's four CDs. If you get the MP3s, it's over four hours because I quote from Proverbs 1 to Proverbs 31, verse by verse, just like that, many translations of each verse. So if you want to get the wisdom scriptures, uh, let me just give a few things away here today if I can. Is that all right? Anybody want my internal affairs book up here on the front row? Man, she was quick. <laughs> you got to be quick if you want free stuff. I'll tell you what, I'll just give you this because it goes with it. Yeah. Double blessing. blessing. In fact, that's what people ask me when they go buy the book or the free from me is uh, which one should I buy? I say, well, I cover some things on the CD series I don't cover in the book. I cover some things in the book I don't cover in the CD. So it would behoove to buy both, but you can buy them separate just so that you know. And then who'd like to have the wisdom scriptures right up here on the front? (laughs) You're welcome and peace scriptures. Okay. I saw her hand the blonde right back there. Come on up here Or have somebody give it to her or whatever. There you go. Praise god You're welcome and then my little limitless mini book limitless brother right there on the end. Yeah, you limitless life with jesus hallelujah And my ipad don't you raise your hand Don't you raise your hand? (laughs) Hallelujah so uh Glory to God. Um, is there anybody here tonight, every head up, every eye open, everyone looking around? <laughs> is there anyone here tonight you've never accepted Jesus and you would like to become part of the family of God? Anyone here at all tonight? You said, I've never accepted Jesus, but I, I want to. I want to live like I've heard you can live tonight. You can if you know Jesus. Is there Anybody? Anybody you've never accepted Jesus, everybody that has accepted him and you're not ashamed of him, hold your hand up real high. Say, oh, yeah, I'm born again. I've accepted Jesus. All right. If anybody around you could not lift their hand, make sure you talk to them before they leave. Hallelujah. And again, I want to thank our partners, and if you're not a partner, I know you you have a lot of great ministries coming in this church, and you can't partner with everybody, but I always give people an opportunity anyway. If you want to become a monthly partner and get a lot of souls put on your heavenly account and uh, a lot of rewards, then uh, we have partner cards back on their product table as well. And. So thank you. Thank you for loving me the way you guys have. Pastor Mark and Tasha, thank you guys for having me back. I, I was telling them at lunch today, you know, the last couple of times they had me, I filled the pulpit while they were gone, right? Uh, you guys remember last time I was here, I did that, and I said, it's such an honor when pastors uh, trust you with the sheep, and they have you come in and fill the pulpit, and so I'm I'm thankful for them, and they've just been special friends of ours, and Liz sends her love to you guys, I told you that, she sends her love to all you guys as well, looks forward to hopefully next time I come that she can be with me, but love you guys dearly, you're precious, praise God, Pastor.
2: Praise the Lord, glory to God, well again, I know you were taught the word, there was just word, scripture after scripture after scripture, Uh, it's alive, it's quick, it's powerful, Sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder between the soul and the spirit. That's what helps us to be strong. Is not just whatever we think and our emotions, but how the Word of God brings that strength and stabilization to us. Amen? And so the days that we're living in uh, will demand of us that strength. And so we've been taught those things will help us be strong. Amen? And uh, sometimes people just, you know, they feel like, well, you know, Uh, You always want us to be strong. You always want us to have victory. Uh, But what's the alternative? Weakness and defeat. That's what the enemy would like us to think. Well, just take a break. Be a little bit weak. You know, uh, it's okay to just be, you know, weak and and frail, be defeated every now and then. That's what he wants us to think. But no, uh, the word says that we are to be strong. Why? Because we're in him, right? Not of our own strength. When we are weak, you know, we say, well, sometimes I just want to be weak. Well, you are weak in yourself, you already are, but in him we're strong, so let the weak say, I'm strong, amen, and all those scriptures, so if you didn't get those written down, then you can go and get the podcast and and hear that again, many of those went by fast, if you didn't get those written down, make sure you get that feed on that, God's with you wherever you go, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, and that helps us so much, you know, and so, you know, living uh, in this life, living You know, sometimes it just switches on us. We think, you know, living life is just hard. Well, yeah, just living life as a human being under sin is hard. But Jesus said, come to me. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. In him, the strength that he has overcomes all that weakness. Grace, as we see it. Amen? So we're taught the word. The Bible says we're taught the word to communicate with the teacher in all good things. So we want to take advantage of the opportunity that we have not just to receive the word but to communicate with the teacher in all good things so we're going to receive an offering if you're making out a check make it out to new creation church if you're giving by cash or debit or credit card raise your hand the ushers will give you an envelope if you're watching online you want to participate in this giving you can go on to the website push the give button uh follow all the prompts there uh, also if you're giving by text you can go on to uh that number uh that's on the screen and you can give by text we appreciate your giving and uh, believe just along with the Word of God, as we have received the Word and we communicate with the teacher and take advantage of the opportunity that it's a good seed sown because it will be uh, ministered really around the world. And uh, as uh, Brother Larry told us this morning, uh, just being on that program around the world, many, many people are hearing the Word of God, the Word of faith, encouragement, strength, soundness, health, and healing, so you get to participate in that uh, not just by receiving today, but in our giving. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are we all ready? Father, we thank you so much. Once again, Father, for, and Jesus, we thank you for gifts that you've placed in the body to equip us for our life and the ministry that you've called us to. So uh, we've opened our heart to receive the word from the gift of God, to empower us, to equip us, uh, to look forward to tomorrow. I thank you, Father, because of this. You grant each one here. That boldness that we talked about, that we know from hearing today we have confidence that you're with us wherever we go, that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, so we can boldly say, God, you're on our side. We won't be afraid of people as we go out into the day, but because of what we have, we won't be afraid or intimidated by people, but we will be bold to share the life that we live by faith in the Son of God. So I thank you. I pray that boldness upon each one. Grant unto us boldness to walk in, to speak, to do everything that we've heard today. For you said if we'd not just hear it, but we would do it, we would be blessed in the doing. So we command those blessings upon each one. We command the blessings of the word of God that you supply every need according to your riches in glory. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. After the bucket goes by, you can stand up with me. Praise the Lord. Are we done? Somebody wave at me when we're got all the buckets passed. We don't know. Somebody gonna wave at me? All right. Says as we go, what God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds. Any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great week.